a circle. Simple, round, refined. A shape that was spoken into existence with the universe. And a shape that holds powerful meaning. We see this shape all over creation. The sun, stars, our earth. And we find it in some of our most precious possessions. It's a beautiful symbol of wholeness and completeness. A symbol of infinite motion. It's a shape that represents love and commitment. And a symbol of unity. Unity. An idea of connectedness even when separated. To be a group of people moving in the same direction with the same heartbeat. It's an idea that we, as a family of churches, are better together than we are by ourselves. We were never meant to be alone. And we believe in being a community of action. That our love for one another will drive us beyond the four walls into our communities to share the transformative presence of God with our neighbors. It's a love that brings families back together. That's the community we strive to be, bringing heaven to earth. Amazing things happen when a group of people commit to one cause, when they rally around the same mission, something happens. You have a movement. A God-given mission and vision for our future. God has given all of us a unique part to play in accomplishing what He has set before us. And we are most impactful when we stay true to who God has called us to be. Because the kingdom of God doesn't need any more replication of other ministries. And it doesn't need any more imitation. What it needs is innovation that comes through obedience. For we experience no greater freedom than when we are walking in step with Christ and going where He has called us to go. But we know that our God is for us. And we know that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. So here we stand with a lamp on our feet and a light on our path, coming alive to our calling. For we are Grace Capital Church, and this is our awakening. Good morning, good morning. Well, I just wanted to, again, reiterate the where we are. Week number one of awakening, God's presence changes us. When we come face to face with the loving God that we can't help but being transformed on the inside. We can't help but forever be changed. And we talked about how people throughout time who've experienced God, they were changed. And some evidence of that was their names being changed. Week two, last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit empowers us. And honestly, we can't do any of this work that we've been called to do without the Holy Spirit empowering us. We responded last week to saying yes to having him work through us, that we would yield to him. And I know there are plenty of stories that weren't shared this morning, but God is doing something and it's so powerful and it's so amazing that he gets to use us. I can't help, my weeks are being filled with my, my thoughts of, of who God is and, and his love for us and realizing that he wants to use me and I just need to have my spiritual ears and eyes attuned to him. Hopefully you guys are really enjoying 
your life groups, going through this study together, and really begin to digging into to what it is that, what it means to have community, but it also means to have community focused around Jesus. There's something happening. There's something happening in the spirit. There's something happening in a, in a supernatural realm. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I know that there's been a shift in the environment. There's been a f- shift in the, in the spiritual atmosphere, and it's a, it's a new day. It's a new time. Today, we are going to talk about our third value. Our third value is Grace Capital Church, which is that people matter to us. Not just all people, but all people matter to us. And the reason why we say this and why this value is so important because when we say people matter to us, we realize that people matter to us because they matter to God. God created people. He has a love relationship for His creation, His people. He desires to be in relationship with people. He desires to see people whole, complete, free. And God has orchestrated those who are followers of Christ to say, we are the agents to be setting people free and to help them have a whole life and help them live their life according to the word of God. And and he uses us. But first he draws people to himself. But people matter to us. All people should matter to us for those who call Grace Capital Church home. You know, it's so easy to love people that love you, right? Oh, you love to be around those ones because they make you feel so great. How about the ones that don't make you feel so great? Is it easy to love them? The ones that actually can point some fingers at you. I, I, I know for me, there have been some circumstances in my life where people kind of had misjudged me, misread me, and and began to kind of speak some things that weren't true against me. And it would be very easy for me to rise up and be justified and try to put walls around those people and to separate myself from them. And But God has been pricking on my heart and just saying, you know what? These are the people you need to love. And it's not easy it's not easy also to love those ones that are awkward. The, the ones that seem to, you know, just rub you the wrong way. But God calls us to love all people. Uh, okay, let me just, where's your barrier of love? Are, are you okay loving the gay or the lesbian? Are, are you okay Loving the, the ones that are at the getting an abortion. Are you okay with some of those hot trigger points? Those, those people that say, well, you know, they're so against what I believe. Are you okay loving them? How about the politicians that are so against what you feel is right? Can you love them? You know, it's, it's easy to go external, like the, the big topics, but okay, let's go a little bit closer. You know the family member that at the Christmas gatherings or the Thanksgiving gatherings, that the one, you know, you know the family one, that, that one in the family that stirs the pot? That one. Can you love that one? 
or in your home when you're at odds with your spouse or a child? Can you, can you genuinely love them the way that Jesus loves? You see, it's easy to love those that love us. It's easy to love when there's harmony. It's easy to love when, when they agree with you, but when they don't, where do we stand? Where do we draw the line? And the interesting thing is when it comes to love and loving the way that Jesus loves, there is no line. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to John chapter 8, there's an account of a, of a woman who's caught in adultery. And the religious people are dragging her to Jesus and Jesus has an encounter with this woman. I think it's so important to read this because if we're going to love the way that Jesus loves, this one encounter begins to help us understand the way that Jesus would love. John chapter 8. It says this, They went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? Then they said to test him, and they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground... And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one. Beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing before him. And Jesus stood up. And said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go. From now on, sin no more. This is an interesting encounter. A couple things I, I want to set up here. First of all, Jesus was one who seemed to have authority. We know he had authority, but until people knew that he was the son of God, he sat in the temple. If you're sitting down in the temple courts, it is, it is one that you have authority. And for these Pharisees to bring this woman to Jesus, they, they knew that because he spoke with authority. Remember, we were talking about last week when the Holy Spirit came People would be speaking with greater authority. Stephen spoke with such great authority, and Jesus, filled with the Spirit, also spoke with that same authority. By the way, he was also the Son of God. He speaks with authority. So these Pharisees, 
bring in this woman caught in adultery. Now, the interesting thing about this, they were really trying to trick Jesus to try to set him up. Part of it was you have to go back into Leviticus and Deuteronomy. They're actually to go in the covenant and the law of Moses. You realize that if, if a person is commit, uh, caught in adultery, you bring both parties. This is where they actually were trying to trick Jesus to see if you, did you really know the law? Because you can't stone somebody unless both parties are there. Because the ones committed in adultery, you would take both of them out and you would kill both of them. Capital punishment. Imagine if we still had that today. How many people would be left in this world? <laughs> so they tried to catch Jesus in understanding what the law of Moses was. And, and I don't know what Jesus wrote, but maybe he was writing down the scripture, the chapter and verse of the Old Testament. I don't know. Of understanding what the law of Moses was about. But it's interesting that as Jesus begins to show compassion on this woman and as he doesn't allow the trickery of the, the Pharisees to get him caught up in, the, in this whole thing of, of condemning this woman, Jesus begins to unravel the hearts of people. You see, when God shows up, he always goes after the internal, not the external. And I wonder for us, if we spend too much time looking at the external when God wants us to look at the internal of people. You see, it's so easy to judge on external action, but the reality is most of the time, people who are struggling on the external really are because they've been hurt on the internal. And and that hurt and that bondage Christ's external facade that sometimes is not so pleasant. And Jesus goes right to the heart. He goes to the heart of the Pharisees and then he goes to the heart of the woman. The interesting thing, he doesn't say, hey, it's okay, and lets her go. What does he do? He addresses her and he says, I, I know what you've done, but don't do it anymore. See, he's always about reconciliation. He's always about redemption. And he goes to the heart and he says, woman, you don't have to keep doing this. You don't have to live this way. And he releases her and he sets her free. You know, the rocks, it's interesting, those rocks... Those rocks for me are those, those things that we, we go against, we combat against. It's so easy for us to hurl our words and it's really like a rock. It's so easy to, to create judgments and it's really like a rock. And are we really like Jesus? Are we like the Pharisees that we want to throw rocks instead of going after the heart? It's also interesting that the woman was caught between Jesus and the ones who were accusing her, condemning her. My, my question for us is, is what is that, that in-between person for you? Who is that for you? That we're so f- easy to go throw the rocks, but yet the rocks that we're trying to throw with our words and our judgments is really on the other side of it is Jesus. And Jesus is reminding us 
Hello? Why are you so quick to throw a rock? Why are you so quick to judge? Why are you so quick to determine this person's fate or how you view them? You see, I think sometimes we get self-righteous. We get religious in our own minds. Why do you think Christians go out picketing? Why do you think that people get all haughty and, and get on their soapbox and their stance and try to say, this is the way? In reality, our, our words become what we think is standing up for righteousness actually becomes stone throwing. I'll tell you what, where the Christians need to shine, where followers of Jesus need to shine in this day and age comes to the fact of how are we going to love and treat those so different than us, those who are so apparently doing something so wrong, which by the way, it is wrong, those who are struggling with same-sex attraction, for those who are walking in different lifestyles. Are people like that welcome in this church? Yes. And by the way, just in case we're thinking that they're all that different than us, we need to take a stronger look at ourselves. Because inside of our heart is things that God is in the process of continually making new. And do we truly care about people? And we truly care that they would be set free to experience the love that God has for them? Who's standing in between the rock and Jesus? You see, so many times we, we pick up these stones and we don't think we do it, but we're so casual with our words. We're so judgmental in our thinking. And meanwhile, here it is. Jesus is saying, well, would you just love the way that I love? You see, when you love like this, we protect people from others and we protect them from sin. Uh, what do you mean by this? Are we saying that we justify their sin? Absolutely not. But we don't allow their sin to condemn them. See, Jesus didn't allow her sin to condemn her, nor should we allow other people's sin in their life. It's not our job to bring condemnation. You see, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction. It's very different than condemnation. Conviction is this desire to want to change because they've experienced the love of God. That's why the Holy Spirit convicts because he wants us to move into a place of greater freedom and wholeness. All right, how are we doing with this message here? I, I, I feel like some people are like getting ready to throw stones at me right now. Easy now, easy now. See, the interesting thing is the temple courts really should have had this, this tension between justice and and mercy justice and mercy see there's a place for justice but boy there's a place for mercy you see she really it truly was justified that she could be stoned now she didn't have the other person there so by law she couldn't but if she was caught in the act of adultery she could have been stoned but Jesus showed her mercy 
how merciful are we? But I think the justice side of us loves to rise up and say, we know better. We know what the scripture says. We know what is pleasing to God. And we get all puffed up and we realize, but just a second, wait a second, we were there. We were there. That our sin in our own hearts, and by the way, we still have sin in our hearts because we're human. Oh, let us not pick up the stones, church. But let us show mercy the way that Jesus would show mercy. See, Jesus always stood between the stones and the person. He, he always would, would be the go-between. And interestingly enough, isn't that his role? That's why he went to the cross. That we might have a right relationship with our Father in heaven. You see, he was the go-between. He always stood in the midst. See, we're sinful people. And Jesus went to the cross that we might have a relationship with our Father. He took our place on the cross. But we are to be like Jesus who are always forgiving and pointing people to him. Showing mercy. You know, so here's the other side of it though, is, is maybe we're so merciful that we just love people that we just tolerate everything. Well, I would say tolerance is also not love. Tolerance is not love. Because if you want somebody to be set free, if you want the best for them, you are also going to say, go and sin no more. Because we understand what sin does, it hurts, it steals, it robs, it kills, it destroys. And so we just don't say, hey, it's okay. God is love. Do what you want to do. No, we say, I love you because God loves you. And by the way, man, let me walk with you and help you get free. I don't judge, I don't condemn you. But by the way, I love you so much. I want to see you get free. You see, God doesn't discriminate in the way he loves. Oh, man. But we do. Why? Why? Why do we discriminate in the way that we love? We, we have this little love meter. We kind of like go, oh, I love them. Oh, those aren't so lovely. I'll choose not to love them. Jesus never discriminated in the way that he loved. And neither should we. Here's the good news in all of this, though. The cool thing about revival is it reorients all of our hearts to think the way that Jesus thinks, to feel the way that Jesus feels. You see, I think during revival moments and times that it really begins to, why is there just an incredible flood of people coming to Christ? It's because we as followers of Christ begin to live like Jesus. Because we all have come into his presence and we will be so radically transformed on the inside that we can't help ooze Jesus on the outside. (laughs) 
And this is what we're experiencing. Why is it that people are coming to us? It's not just them that they're so hungry, but they're seeing something inside of us that is so attractive. And we'd like to say it's us, but it's actually Jesus in us. We can only love like Jesus when we have experienced the love of Jesus. See, this is what I'm talking about. If we're going to love like Jesus, we first and foremost have to experience the love of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to have that opportunity. If Richie and the band want to come back up at this moment... funny last night I was it was a little bit cooler in our bedroom last night and so I got the big duvet on I was like oh get cozy oh I cozied in but maybe I got so cozy I started having this incredible dream last night it was a dream of of revival the interesting thing about in this dream though it was people coming it was just floods of people but here's the thing, the, the reason why I, I knew it must have been a God dream because it was so against my personality. I'm a little bit of this type A personality. I like everything, you know, neat and orderly and controlled, but it was just, I could not control this thing. <laughs> People were coming in, in droves and just experienced the love of God. And in my dream, I saw it happening in each one of our locations, and it, was got, it got kind of messy because it got kind of chaotic. People are just so enjoying God's presence. I just basically remember waking up this morning and said, God, let me not get in the way of what it is that you're trying to do. Let not my personality to want to control and put everything in a nice, neat little box get in the way of what you want to do. I truly believe for people to experience the love of Christ, we ourselves need to experience the love of Christ. And it's easy to say, well, I gave my life to Jesus um, at one point. But the scripture also talks about how our love will sometimes grow cold. And he wants us to let us know that your love doesn't have to grow cold. You can just come to the fountains of his love. You can come to the place of experience his fullness and his great pleasure over you. This is why I thought it was so important that we hear this word this morning that was shared for us. That God takes great pleasure in his people. And he's smiling down upon us. Father, we want to be used by you. We want to be used by you to bring your goodness to people, to bring your love to people. Father, we realize that all people matter to you. The young, the old, the broken, those in different lifestyles, those with different political views, those, Father, who who just kind of make us cringe on the inside, but God, give us your heart to love the way that you love. Not being judgmental, not being critical, but having hearts of compassion. 
breathe into us, Father, new life. Father, for those who this morning came up and said, you know, I sometimes so feel judged. I feel like I'm caught in the middle of my own junk. And Jesus says, we're those that condemn you. They're not around. Jesus says, nor do I condemn you. You need to hear that. Jesus does not condemn, and there's nobody around here that's going to condemn you. But then he says, go sin no more. Birth in each one of us a heart of repentance, God, that we would turn from those ways that are bringing us to destruction, that we will all walk in wholeness and freedom. Father, I just thank you for what you've done here this morning. I thank you for loving us, for just continuing to point us to your word that we build our life on. And Father, continue to use us to bring people to you. Father, let us have our eyes open to this week, to those that are around us that need you, Jesus, that we would be, that we would be dispensers of your hope. Father, be with us as we're in our life groups this week, that we begin to, to continue to dig in deeper to this topic, Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.